0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to VUX World, the practical voice podcast. This episode of VUX World is brought to you by Botmock. If you're still writing code uh, to design and test your chatbot conversational experience, then you should check out botmock uh it's the smartest way to design and prototype conversational apps so if you're using things like you know mind maps and process maps and whiteboards or if you're getting straight into the code to try and build some stuff um, or if you're using things like sketch to try and build sort of prototypes in then 100% check out Botmock. You know, it's it's companies of all sizes using it, small companies, large companies. Uh, you can build Alexa skills in there, and it'll save you hours because you can actually collaborate with your whole team while you're designing your thing. It's, uh, you know, even down to, to handing it over to developers. The whole thing is a, is a huge collaboration tool. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Do check it out. You can try Botmock for free at botmock.com slash V-U-X world. That's B-O-T-M-O-C-K dot com slash V-U-X world. Thank you, Botmock. This week, we're talking about voice first social networking and voice first messaging. Uh, You'll have noticed that things like LinkedIn, Instagram, WhatsApp, they've all released those little icons, a little microphone icon that lets you send audio messages to your network. Uh, and we've also seen a rise in specifically voice social channels, such as Hear Me Out, which has just announced a partnership with Ford. Um, We all know that where the users end up is where brands end up as well if all of these platforms are being used heavily by users then it will present present opportunities for brands so to take us through the voice first social space we're speaking to daniel gonzalez who is the co-founder of voice first messaging platform soundbite dan takes us through the social landscape in a voice first world and explains a little bit about some of these companies that that are coming up and and how they're kind of built potentially on an old social media model and he'll tell us a little bit about how soundbite is breaking that model to bring a true voice first messaging platform and a true voice first experience to the social space towards the back end of the episode uh, dan starts getting into some of the complexities around building a voice assistant Uh, so in terms of all the technology that sits behind things like Alexa and Google Assistant and how that technology actually could be limited and could actually present a challenge uh, for designing true uh, conversational experiences and he even draws on the practice of VUI design as being almost a compensation For the primitive tech, not primitive, but the lack of technology that sits behind some of these voice assistants. Really, really interesting. And and also, how then Soundbite is, is trying to get around that. And it's, it's a really, really interesting episode. So it's one, if you want to keep an eye on the uh, on the voice-first social space and you want to find out a bit more about that, this episode will be interesting for you. But then also, if you're interested in some of the challenges around building a voice assistant and how those challenges can be overcome in the future, then the back half of the episode will be for you. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome Daniel Gonzalez. Daniel Gonzalez, welcome to the podcast. Pleasure to have you on, Um, and yeah, thank you for joining us. It's been kind of we've we've been wanting to do this for for a little while now, and it's glad I'm glad to sort of finally meet up with you and, and to do this. So, welcome.
1: Likewise, Ken. Yes, yes, I'm very eager to finally be on this show of yours. I've been looking forward to it, and it's really a pleasure to be on it. Thank you for having me.
0: No problem. No problem. Thank you for setting aside the time. So. Tell everybody out there a little bit about yourself, Dan, and, and tell people a little bit about uh, SoundBite as well.
1: So, um, like Kane mentioned, I am Daniel Gonzalez. I am the co-founder of SoundBite. We're actually a, based here in Miami, Florida, a bit unconventional, or at least a bit of an outsider. <laughs> <laughs> and SoundBite um, is... A, think of it as a touch-free voice messaging app, right? We have the beta on, and you can actually go on the App Store and test it out. So, essentially... It is that you just open up SoundBite, you say your friend's name and start talking instantly, you know, rather than having to like tap your phone a thousand times like you're used to, you know, sending text messages and email. Imagine just having that frictionless experience that we're seeing now. People like get used to more as they use voice, you know, Alexa and so on. Imagine just have it for communication, direct communication. You know, imagine just talking directly to your friend Then you know, even say, say, rather than using Siri, you know, send Kane a message. I say, Kane, hey, how are you doing? You know, so we're creating a direct frictionless, you know, communication experience, you know, focusing on the interaction and just taking it to the next level. You know, the world is moving more towards voice and voice, you know, and interactive everything. And we don't see, we see, you know, why can't, you know, we make communication today, you know, just the same, you know.
0: So and, sorry, go on.
1: No, I was just going to say then, you know, well, I'll talk more about the, the vision and so on uh, towards the end or later. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. that's, the, that's the product of what we have right now. Yeah.
0: Okay, so would would you describe it? And maybe it's not a thing that can be necessarily pigeonholed as such. But I'm just trying to think of whether or not we can frame it for the listeners. Would you describe it as a messaging platform, or would you describe it as a sort yeah, of social media site?
1: A touch-free voice messaging app or messaging platform. Yeah.
0: Okay, fair enough then. And that is exclusively on iOS at the moment, is it?
1: uh yes it is it's exclusively on ios you know we do plan to release an android version but as the until we perfected the, uh, the app on the ios version because right now it's in beta then we'll switch it over to android i'm excited to go to android believe it or not because you know the android app store just gives a lot more flexibility in terms of what we can do with voice you know just in terms of what we need access from the device in terms of you know audio inputs and outputs um, but right now it's just ios yeah
0: okay and what's let's kind of kind of discuss a little bit about because I think that the whole kind of um, audio messaging uh, and kind of voice social things are really starting to kind of gain a bit of traction now so I think it's, it sounds as though a, a, a frictionless and hands free, totally hands free sort of voice messaging platform it sounds like it, it could be a, the right time to do that sort of stuff and we've seen sort of you know p- places like LinkedIn introducing little microphones so you can send audio messages and, and Instagram I think have done the same how would you sort of, for, for those for the listeners out there who are not necessarily uh, exploring the the Space of either voice messaging or voice sort of social, how would you kind of describe the current state of play in terms of it as, a, as an industry or as a, as a sort of use case for users? What, what's the, the current sort of situation with it?
1: So, well, what I can tell you in terms of the use cases from the people we've um, spoken to in the surveys and research we've done, you know, people use voice for basically, you know, two things, right? Number one, accessibility voice makes everything more accessible because you don't have to go you don't have to like deal with like the graphical user interface as much you don't have to tap as many times you don't have to because you know when you look when you do UX research you know every tap of like an icon every step or screen is considered like an extra action or step that the user has to take and the more we reduce it the more pleasant the experience obviously it's, it's assuming that the user gets the outcome they want and voice is a way for the user to get the outcome they want, because in messaging, it's to send a message, to communicate. Voice offers the ability to make that more frictionless, to reduce every action possible, reduce it significantly. Because we're so used to having to tap our phone, you know, we might think, oh, to get into, you know, iMessage, I have to tap, you know, one, two, three times to start typing. But what we don't realize is that every letter we tap is an other action. So it just compounds and compounds in each other where the point is just, it's kind of annoying. <laughs> you know I remember um, in a personal experience I had is um I used one app Calendly, and I, and I love that app. Um, you know when I when it comes to uh, scheduling a an appointment, you know I just it has an integration to your calendar you just one click and boom, and you know it gets added. And I know but when I came across another app where it asked me where it asked me to type out my email, it was the most painful experience ever. I know <laughs> it's a bit uh, a bit exaggerated, but having to tap out every letter of my email, versus just a one tap you know that was like it was like the most painful experience you know but i realized wow i never felt that pain before because i never knew of anything better you know i never knew that one tap experience and i believe the same is going to be true for you know your voice you know yes the problem with voice is that it may be socially constrained to like certain situations that you probably wouldn't want to do it you know when you're in a crowded room or when it's really loud but you know more and more people are starting to use it. From our research, we found that around 60, if we're here in America, 67% of people like send voice messages, voice messages, not voicemail, you know, at least once a week. And around, you know, 12, 13%, you know, use it um, daily, you know, um, you know that survey is based on a thousand person survey we used Mechanical Turk for um, about a year or two back. Um, so that's where we kind of got our evidence or your basis for our beliefs there. So, I mean, people are using voice more and more. And and it's evident because, like you mentioned, these other platforms are beginning to adopt it, you know, just adding it. But again, they're adding it as an extra feature. They're not making an entire offering around that, which is where I believe they're lacking. You know, voice can be so much greater than just a tap-to-hold microphone where you accidentally slip your finger off. (laughs) (laughs) Or, uh, you know, it still requires just too much touching. It's like, can't we take that further? You know, Mm -hmm. can't we take voice further, you know?
0: Hmm. And how would you sort of describe it in terms of some of its um, closest sort of competition? Maybe, maybe, maybe the 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 microphone on LinkedIn and the microphone on on WhatsApp and whatnot might not necessarily be the same kind of use case because there is friction, I suppose, that's inherent in that. Um, but I mean. We spoke very, very briefly beforehand about a, a, a startup that looks like it's pursuing something similar, TTYO. I know that there's there's one that's on Product Hunt called uh, Dialog. Uh, and Hear Me Out seems to be getting a bit of traction as well. I think they kind of struck a deal with Ford. Um, what? How would how would you sort of describe what Soundbite does in relation to some of those other things that seem to be sprouting about?
1: So where Soundbite really differentiates itself and will continue to differentiate itself is Focusing on the interaction in voice. The problem with all these other platforms is that they're basically using existing social media models and retrofitting voice into it, but they're not building a social media model, messaging model from voice out. You know, they're just incorporating voice into it. Um, for example, when Hear Me Out um, came out, and you know, there was Hear Me Out, there was Clamor, you know, there's Pundit 1.0, Anchor 1.0, Bubbly, you know so many people have tried the audio social media model and now dialogue is doing it too. Um, and from what we saw, there's, you know, you know, soundbite was originally the same thing an audio social media, but we pivoted to becoming a messaging platform. And what we realized is that number one, you know, because social media requires the element of search to be able to find content because the focus is not on communication. It's on sharing and content. So, because you know there aren't any super sophisticated algorithms out there yet that can automatically parse all voice and you know create you know structured data sets without any user input um you typically have to write a title or a hashtag following the voice thing so i realized huh isn't this kind of silly you know i I, I, re- I realized that when i used, you know sound sound 1.0 it's like huh i sent it i posted up a, a sound byte, but now i had to type a title that defeats the whole purpose. You know, it's like, this is like a Twitter for an audio overlay. You know, I realized that when I was using that thing was Clamor, which like, huh, I read the title. I don't need to listen to it. You know, it's like people talk not to create typically content unless that's the sole purpose. Like, you know, this po- this amazing podcast. <laughs> but in terms of, you know, communicating, people use it to communicate to, you know, to express easier, faster, frictionless, you know, and and then it's like, okay, great, I just talked, but now you're asking me to type in text. It's like, it defeats the whole purpose of the interaction, the experience, you know? And and that's my biggest you know, gripe with what all of them are still doing. It's like, they haven't been able to see past the interaction element, you know? The building from voice outward, you know? It's like, you can't just, you can't have voice and touch, you know? You can have touch as like a, as a secondary thing where it's like, just in case the voice fails because it's still, you know, cutting edge technologies, which, you know, we have that feature as well, you know? But you have to build it from voice outward, you know, my impression, to be successful or to be, you know, some, like to really change the game in the space. You know, many people are still stuck on the graphical user interface. You know, they claim to be audio, but, you know, they're still looking with their eyes too much. They still rely too much on their eyes, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, I, I can understand what you're saying in terms of, um, I've been having to play around with hearing me out over the last couple of weeks just trying to dig around into other sort of voice social platforms to see to see what's what and stuff and you're right in that it's, it's essentially a feed isn't it full of hashtags and you can get a feed from a hashtag and then you've got to decide which one you want to listen to and then it becomes, it almost it becomes really consuming because you, you, need, you need to kind of, your eyes and your hands are fixed on your phone as you search for content and then as soon as you press play there's nothing left for your hands and your eyes to do while you're while you're sitting listen so it, it feels a little bit kind of like it's mer- it's it's merging two different types of interaction which doesn't seem to be quite as frictionless so with soundbite are we saying i haven't had a chance to see soundbite by the way because my, my phone number is a uk phone number and it on the on the app it would only register let me register with an american one but it is is soundbite i'm assuming there's some sort of graphical interface but is the intention that you can use the whole thing entirely without really touching it that is the entire intention of it.
1: There is a graphical user interface, and it is important, especially now, more serving as a handicap, because you know we're still used to looking at our phone screen. Because you know the, our graphical user interface isn't the point of it. Isn't to interact with it. The point is to just convey information, to convey what's going on, to let you know whether the app's recording you, whether it picked up the right person, you know, whether it's listening to you or not listening to you. You know, to to convey information. We actually have a unique design challenge because less, there's less of a direct cognitive connection between the actions you take and the design of the app, because you're not touching it. You know, when you touch things, you expect to do certain things, but we have to, you know, convey all this information to you, you know, well, um, from just you talking, you know? So it's like, we have a more complex, you know, UI, UX decision, uh, you know, situation to solve, to really, you know, convey this information, but it's an exciting challenge to, to tackle, you know? Um, and you know, An important part of our app that's going to, you know, not in the beta, but it will, you know, take place soon probably in the final version um, is the ability to just completely look away from the phone screen. You know, if you want to, yes, you know, we have the GUI is important right now as a handicap because you can look at the screen to get that confirmation you need or want to know it's doing the right thing, but it's still a frictionless experience, but we will be adding a, a kind of like a sound UX where by looking away from the screen, you know, if I say Kane, right, a sound will pop up probably indicating Kane, but it won't be saying Kane because, you know, I don't, we we don't want to create a machine that talks back to you really. We're not trying to create an AI or anything like that. No. You know, (laughs) I think it's kind of eerie I were to say Kane says Kane. Thank you. You know, uh, (laughs) I was hoping to speak to him. I was, you know, so we're going to try to come up, we're trying to build, you know, a, a kind of sleek, you know, audio or sound UX to kind of indicate these, to give you the confidence you need that the app is communicating the way it should without you even having to look at the screen, which would be great, you know, for situations where you're out and about, you know, or, or, you know, certain vehicles and stuff, you just can't look at the screen, you know, things like that, you know, could be great use cases, though, you
0: Mm. know. It sounds sounds as though you're working on some similar... Um, simply or at least putting up and dealing with and tackling similar challenges to what I think people in in the voice space more broadly will will likely come across over the next um, probably year or so because. Um, I put a, a video on LinkedIn today on on IGTV and on on uh, LinkedIn around the whole multimodal thing, and in terms of you know Amazon's releasing the new Echo Show and Google are announcing uh, or suspected to be announcing the announcing the Home Hub uh, this month, and it and then you got the Fire TV with Alexa built in. So the the assistants that exist already are seeming to be now the kind of introducing screens, and and although they're voice first and the screen secondary as you mentioned the screen is acting more as a supplement rather than the the main kind of uh, ingredient so to speak um so it sounds as though in future there's going to be design challenges, you know, design strategy challenges around how you convey visual information whilst being in a voice-first uh, environment, so leading with voice and supplementing with with the screen. It sounds as though you're kind of on the verge of of trying to tackle like yourself already, and maybe a, maybe he's ahead of, of of some of the other people. I'm interested in digging a little bit around around how you kind of approach that. How how do you approach and where do you start when it comes to trying to design purely for voice but then knowing that you need some kind of visual um, cues if you like so
1: i think the challenge really is not so much a challenge in design but a challenge in defining what is you know voice what is it you know there is no dichotomy between you know audio information and visual information you know at least there doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be one or the other because voice and its true self is nothing more than a means of interaction, a way to interact with something, not what is being interacted with. You do not interact with voice. You interact with voice. You get what I mean? You're not interacting with the voice. You're interacting with voice. So, you know, given that, for example, you know, people immediately, it's funny, you know, they assume they hear voice and think, Oh, you know Alexa and serious and that's the only really big examples out there that use voice interaction but they're taking it a step farther by building you know basically trying to build an ai or an intelligent agent but the technologies underlying the intelligent agent are completely separate from the voice you know it's the same as you know if i'm talking to, as i'm talking to you kane right i'm talking to you with my voice right but you are in, and you're interacting and you're conveying the information back to me with your voice but you're processing all this information right in your brain you know you're coming up with unique responses in your brain you know but that's not that's not your voice you know so they're trying to essentially build like you know the mouth you know and the ability to talk and the brain at the same time
0: you right. know because you can still interact with your hands and it will use the same part of your brain that's translating the speech exactly you know exactly you know when you,
1: you can you can you know
0: t- you when you touch an interface right there's
1: still processes going on in the background to deliver that you know unique response Voice is just a different interaction to get that same response, but in a more frictionless and faster way. You know, you don't need to talk to something and then have it talk back to you. You know, you can talk to something, have it do something. You know, you can talk to the screen and have it play, you know, your favorite TV show. But that doesn't mean like, oh, it doesn't mean voice is irrelevant or, you know, visual. It's, they're not competing, they coexist. Voice is really, more than anything, the infrastructure, right, for all future technology, in my opinion. You know, voice is how we communicate with each other, you know, today, but it can also be how we communicate with objects. You know, we don't need objects. We don't need to have a conversation of everything. You know, we can, I can just talk to, you know, as, as Amazon, as Amazon, they their you know, my, with the microwave and all the new products, and then, you know, talk to my microwave and say, like, hey, you know, set it to, you know, three minutes, 30 seconds on high, you know, boom, you know, I don't need it to talk back to me. I just need it to do what I want it done, you know, and the, and, you know, and so by reducing the scope of the brain that you're trying to build, right, instead of a full on inte- like general intelligence, you know, you can actually execute near perfectly on voice today and have it to do an and interactive things that allow it to, um, you know, do those uh, functions very well. You know, we don't need a general intelligence, you know, to have voice work. You know, that's a misconception. You don't need the general AI to make voice work. You just need it to work with very simple functions today, right? And make those make sure those functions are critical and, and have strong use cases, and then you can get voice to work very well as the means of interaction, which is what we need people to start doing, as they're doing more. They're trying to sell you the whole horse at once, you know, but they're not, you know. It, it doesn't come as doesn't come as one piece, you know. It doesn't, you know. Things have to be built over time, you know. That, that's why, you know, I think voice can be a lot farther off today as a means of interacting than is what they're trying to sell it for, because they're trying to sell you the whole kid and Cambodia, really. Um, And, and so, you know, if you look at voice as a means of interaction, it becomes so much easier to design because you can have any, of course, some things are just easier to like have, again, a multimodal approach is going to be very important. You know, some, you don't want to have to talk or say something to everything. Sometimes it might just be easier tapping, you know, even a soundbite, right? You don't talk to the app, you know, at all, you know, you're not saying, okay, change. You, You don't do any administrative functions, uh, with your voice you don't like type in your name with your voice you don't add friends with your voice you don't you know go through the you know onboarding process with your voice you don't add your number with your voice you know um mind you we could add some of those things with voice but you know switching screens and stuff you don't need to do that with your voice it's a lot easier to swipe if you have the phone in your hand you know but the main bread and butter of soundbite is using voice as the means to interact with your friends and family you know just just talk to them soundbites more like a portal really to just talk to everyone and on the same level, it's like, it's a real voice platform in the sense that every, everyone, you, you can talk to everyone equally. There's no middleman. You know, one thing that soundbite like can really interplay in the future is cause I'm not convinced that Alexa, Siri, you know, are actual voice platforms. I'll be honest. You know, they claim that they're voice platforms. I disagree. And my main argument for that is you cannot because there's no platform right now where you can use your voice to interact equally with all the assistants or all the, you know, sub-apps that they offer. You know, if you build an Alexa skill, I can't just talk to that skill directly, you know, without having to invoke Alexa. You know, I can't just talk, you know, to Uber through the Alexa hardware device. You know, I have to say, Alexa, give me a ride. You know, it's Alexa is more, the hardware of Alexa is more like the iPhone. Alexa is more like an app. And the skills are in-app purchases or in-app, you know, you know, it's like a, it's like a mini app market, but there is no app store. There is no place where you can use your voice to equally talk to everything. Right. Where you can equally talk to Google, to Siri, to Alexa, you know, and those other, you know, companies that are building voice apps, you know, and we see soundbite because we're not building an, an assistant, you know, we're offering, we'll, you know, how we plan to monetize and so on later is by offering, you know, by creating a true platform, you can interact with all of them, you know, equally, you know, where in other companies or brands can build out their own voice app. And us, where our, their, our users can, you know, buy their services and products, you know, directly from them, speak directly to them, you know, within our app, you know, a true conversational experience, you know, and one other thing I want to mention uh, when it comes to conversational experiences, I think um is a bit of, uh, you know, when it comes to conversational experiences, people think that you have to have a full conversation, you know? Um, and I'm not convinced that consumers want to have full conversations with companies, you know, they, from the behavior I see right now, you know, sure. You can argue back then, commerce was all conversation. Right. But typically that was during the time where we didn't have any other choice. Right. When I was in the store, you know, I didn't have a, when I, if I didn't have a phone, obviously, you know, the only person I could talk to is the guy at the store. So most likely I'll talk to him because, you know, we're social creatures, but now with the phone, we have the option at any given moment to either talk with our immediate environment or the people we've known and, you know, are friends with family with, you know, at any given moment through our phone, you know, given that choice, who would you rather speak with the store clerk or your best friend, you know? Right. And because of that, you know, people are not seeking these conversational elements of, you know, people that just work at a company, you know, the people buy stuff from companies and go to customer service to get what they want. And that's it. You know, they say what you want, get what you want. That's it to keep it simple. You know, people, you know, are not seeking, you know, connection or communication from brands or the people behind the brands, you know, they love brands and then, and then, and that's wonderful, but they don't need the conversation from them. You know, I don't, I would hate to have to get an Uber, then have to have like a uh, Uber ask me how was my day and have a conversation. Like, hey, I I talked to plenty of other people, you know. Thank you, but you know, I I don't care, you know. We already given the choice that we have any given moment between people we know or don't know. We choose the people we know. So when it comes to brand experiences, the voice is going to be more and more important. But we cannot confuse like people don't want to have to talk to a machine or an AI. You don't want to have full conversations. We just want to interact it with her voice and keep it at a minimum so we get what we interacted for, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay so I, we'll, I think we, we'll, we'll move on to the brand side of things uh, in just a moment because I think that you, you've touched on something quite interesting there that will be decent to delve into in terms of being able to connect with brands without uh, without going through the similar process that you do on Alexa. I think that'll be interesting but I just want to kind of back up a little bit and, and get into a little bit more on on your kind of design sort of process for this in terms of the 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 multimodalities and also in general just designing a voice first interface uh in general you mentioned you've done a lot of research to to kind of um you know give you some ideas of where to go and, and you kind of started out with one product and then you pivoted to, to messaging so can you talk us through a little bit about maybe some of the things you've learned through through designing a voice-only interface and how did you sort of approach it in the beginning
1: so you know when we were pivoting um from the social media platform to the messaging platform you know we weren't going into it solving a problem. We we did we did the entire process wrong. We're going into it and creating an experience. We realized there's something in voice that's special, that we can create something special for. So we were thinking, okay, you know what what is it? What makes up voice? Right. Number one, there's three components: talking. You know, we when voices you're not touching anything, you're not you know there's no friction. It's there's no pretensions. It's just talk. You know, frictionless. Second, it's you know naturally ephemeral. You know, when we talk to our friends and family, you know, other than on this great podcast, uh, you know, we're, we're not being recorded, you know, the words disappear as they're said, you know, then lastly, it's live, you know, as you're talking, the other person can listen to you as you're talking. But again, that doesn't mean it has to go into a full duplex, you know, phone call. So, you know, when, when I hear people talk about VUI design and they're trying to like, they kind of make it come across as like this one, like this cryptic, you know, arcane this new design that's coming out that it's like you know no it's actually pretty simple um the difficult part is the technology the easy part is the design of it because all you have to do is observe how people interact and just copy that literally copy how people interact with each other emulate that on the device the hard part is that the technology right now cannot emulate or cannot you know properly communicate the same way as a person you know Mm -hmm and that's where I think huh? Sorry, go on, go on. and that's where I think most of the designers are trying to have the, the challenge of it's like how can we with limited technology right how can we still do our best to make it sound like another person interact like another person back you know and it's like well you know great you're solving like more of a symptom but not the actual underlying issue you know, it's just you know, it's just not gonna work doing it that way. It has to. It's either it's an all or none type of. It's a it's an almost all or none type of thing, in my opinion. At least I get mass consumer adoption, you know, if people talk to something and they expect it to talk back to them, they want they want to be natural, natural and fluid. They don't want it to even they it shouldn't even come across as being a machine. Although oftentimes it's obvious, you know, and and you know, the soundbite, you know, it, well, before I go into soundbite. How people can do it today to kind of nearly perfect a, v, a VUI for whatever they're doing is, you know, limiting the scope of what they're trying to offer to the point where the technology meets the UX expectations perfectly. You know, I, like, I always like to work backwards, right? So I see this is the goal, right, of the, U, of the VUI experience, being able to talk to it and be interactive with just like it would another person, right? Now, technological reality is not there yet, right? So let's work backwards, you know, to see from where can the, uh, to what extent can this technology fit, you know, that experience or what part of that experience can the technology right now capture it perfectly? You know, how can we limit the technology stack? You know, re- you know, it's more like constraint optimization. You know, how can we, given the constraints of technology, how can we so optimize it to nearly perfect the VUI experience? You know, you you have to have very concise offerings, very limited interactions, but deliver on them perfectly. You know, people rather have something that does one thing perfectly than you know one thing than many things that does it okay. You know, and that's the problem with you know voice assistants right now is you know they're promising the world, but they can't deliver the world yet. You know, the technology is not there, and so adoption and so on is you know. Depends on what it is, of course. Is, is, is you know, it's not as great as it could be, you know. So if you're sorry, go on.
0: No, no, go on, go on, you.
1: So if you're gonna create like you know an Alexa scale, you know for something simple, the simpler the simpler you can you know, make the technological detect requirements for it. You know, it could be just say tell them and say hey, just say it's one simple phrase, you know, and then just get the thing done. You know, it's it's you know just keep it simple, keep it simple so that you don't have to. You know, rely more and more, or necessarily more, on the technology because you know the technology is not fully there yet. You cannot talk to, you can't talk to it, and you can't um, interact with it like another person yet. But there are ways to go around with the technology to get to that if you limit the scope of your
0: offering. We'll be back with more from Dan Gonzalez in just one moment. But first, did you know? that 1 in 6 Americans already owns a voice-activated smart speaker at 16%. I've actually seen stats uh, that go as high as 20% and in the UK I'm pretty sure it's around about 1 in 10. Um, So now is really the time to start thinking about designing conversational experiences for your customers and if you are thinking about designing conversational experiences for your customers then you should check out Botmock. Botmock is the best way to design, prototype, and test your conversational apps. So, if you're still using like mind maps and whiteboards, and if you're still hard coding scenarios directly into your code base or using tools like Sketch to build your conversational prototypes, then you should check out Botmock. Companies of all sizes are using Botmock to design their Amazon Alexa skills and are saving people hours by collaborating with your entire team. So, from literally from the design to the content to the developer handover, it's all in one application. And it is absolutely fantastic. You can try Botmock for free at botmock.com slash world. vuxworld. That's b o t m o c k. dot com slash vuxworld. Okay. That's interesting. What you were saying. Just, I mean, I can, I can get that in terms of listen, uh, limiting the scope, and I think that that seems to be a uh, something that that we that we hear uh, quite often is, you know, try and do one thing well, try and perfect a, a one single use case, and, and kind of expand it out from there. I can, I can totally, completely get your angle there. I'm interested in what you said before that, though, which is, it seems to be counterintuitive or, or counter to what what most people have who've been on the podcast at least have been talking about which is that you said that the hard part is the tech but the easy part is the design I'm interested in in digging a little bit deeper into that because the common I suppose the common sort of um, train of thought is that actually the hard part is the design in terms of you know in terms of mapping out finding a use case figuring out all of the different intents and and mapping all that to kind of responses and testing it and and iterating it and making sure it's natural and you know persona design and all of these kind of things that go in to try and fabricate that conversational experience the general consensus is that the the hard part is the design but the tech infrastructure is, is all is kind of there and it's almost like the easy bit so i'm interested in just delving a little bit deeper into into why you think the design is the easy part but the tech is the hard part so
1: you know i look in terms of like what is the ultimate goal of these conversational experiences of these conversational agents you know again to talk like you would another person to be able to interact with it like a person and as it, for it to like you know be as intelligent to interact back with you like a person doesn't mean it has to sound like a person but you know as intelligent um the reason why i emphasize more the text with vui design because right now the, the tech is just not there i've spoken to plenty of you know senior researchers in ai you know one of our advisors uh, for sound by is a, a doctor uh, roberto Sicconi. he's um, a former uh, you know du- uh, research director at ibm and um he's you know I've, I've gotten to know speak to many of the people that are inside the hard tech space in speech the people from mit you know, Beijing, Johns Hopkins, um, and, and a lot of ex IBMers. <laughs> um, and I'm just telling you the technology is not there yet. You know, no matter how you try to, you know, tweak the VUI right now and such, you will not get it. You, the design won't make the intelligent agent, it won't. The design allows you to, you know, to work backwards from the technology to deliver, to like kind of like, um to kind of fake it in a way. To make it so that um, you, you're using voice interactive, it but it, that one specific use case is done perfectly. But the design itself is not going to make the intelligent agent. Think about it. if we had the technology to make it already talk back to like a person and everything. The VUI is you know pretty much there. It wouldn't be that difficult. VUI is a way to compensate. VUI design is a way to compensate for the lack of technology. You know, it's a way, and not to discredit. I think it's a great. It's a really important field. You know vui right now is a way is an important way to how do we deliver a a superior experience with limited technology you know so if you're looking in terms of you know how can we optimize for it then yes you know you can argue that vui design is the challenge but if you're looking at how can we create a true conversational agent the technology is a challenge you know if you want to work with what you have v you're right you know vui is a challenge if you want to make it to what it should be the technology is a challenge so i'm telling you the technology right now We will not get anywhere near the promise of what voice has yet. You know, we will not be able to talk to a machine completely naturally and not just not just, you know, naturally. And and I mean, like, just not like right now, it's pretty much constrained to like English, (laughs) at least very well. I mean, many other languages with their various accents and dialects, you know, they kind of get, you know, left in the bucket, really. um, In terms of, you know, those interactions, you know, it's a technology that still has a long way to go. And the VUI design is is more of a is a way to optimize what we currently have to make it useful and fit certain use cases. You know, I'm not knocking VUI design; it's really important. I mean, we have to use it too, um, but it's it's not what's going to make you know the intelligent agent. But it's a way to you know get what we have right now, you know, to make it useful.
0: Yeah, mm. that's interesting. That yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, that that makes. That makes perfect sense, that. I'm, in, I'm interested in, in getting into some of the technical stuff in terms of how you've overcome some of the technology challenges with Soundbite. But first, I'm wondering whether you can maybe expand on on what some of those challenges are. You've obviously spoke to, to quite a few knowledgeable people in, in this space, and I'm assuming that you've, you've come up against the challenges yourself as you've been building out Soundbite. So um, in terms of what's preventing these intelligent agents from becoming as intelligent as as they can be what what are some of those technology challenges well i mean
1: what i can tell you from um, the the typical tech stack um, that's involved at least for like alexa and broadscope you know from asr nop you know uh, autom- asr automatic speech recognition nop natural language processing uh, nou natural language understanding which i'll get to in a moment it's the most important thing and then nlg which is natural language generation um, you know, when you speak to an Alexa, the moment, it, the, the biggest challenge, right, for many of these devices is typically the ASR part, right? Um, at least depending on the scope of what the functions is, because ASR part is converting the speech to text. And although that has a pretty good accuracy, some words are still mistranslated. Oftentimes, you know, there's a lot more variance because of the environment. Mind you, Alexa's at home, so typically has a you know, higher accuracy but again with households of multiple languages or different languages or accents you know if you're outside or in different environments you know there's a lot more variance that may challenge you know the success of the audio to text transcription you know which ultimately being at the beginning of the funnel that can ruin the almost the entire experience you know this is why you know texting you know a bot tends to be a lot more accurate then you know talking to it because it doesn't have the error, it doesn't have the extra layer of voice. You know, mind you, I think the voice is still an important layer to add, just because it makes the experience better. But you know, the point there is that the more tech stacks you have, the more possibility of errors you have, you know? Um, so the next part being NLP, you know, being able to process that information to deliver, you know, the, that unique response, right? Um, now, the, the challenges of NOP, from, from my understanding, is typically what's solved with NOU, natural language understanding, which is the ability to have the machine understand you when you talk naturally, to understand context, understand meaning, you know? And there are a few interesting startups that uh, have some interesting technology behind that that I'm kind of even eager to explore myself. Um, uh, and, you know, it's that, that, that part is probably gonna solve the problems of NOP, but again, it's not, you know, perfect yet. So when you talk to Alexa, you know, there are so many different ways you can say the same thing, <laughs> you know? And when people are le- left with the expectation, you know, oh, you can say any which way, right? And then they say it certain ways and it doesn't work, it kind of is frustrating. You know, you have to set user expectations if the technology cannot meet those expectations yet, you know? The worst thing is to have expectations that are not met. Whereas, rather than saying, hey, this is what we can and cannot do, you won't be disappointed, you know? Because it's a reality that you're promising today and if you don't deliver it you know it's not going to come out good you know people be more disappointed and that's ultimately you know worse um because with voice the challenge is that you have less opportunities to get it right and that's a big challenge we're having with soundbite which is why we're moving on uh you know right now we've been using third-party technologies to make the experience but we're going to move on to you know developing our own uh, ip which i can share a little bit about later um how to get it done um you know, because the graphical user interface is highly reliable, right? You tap on it, it's pretty much gonna work, you know? <laughs> like 99.9% of the time. But the voice user interface, that's not always the case. Now, because there's a lot more tech stack behind it, um, because it's not only trying to, the machine on your phone only needs to understand it touched here, right? Whereas the voice needs to understand what was said. There's a lot more, a lot more needed to understand to get that to work, especially, you know, all the different ways things can be said. And then lastly, you know, with NOG, you know, Alexa has to talk back to you, so it needs to actually, you know, come up with a response back, you know, which it's not, for example, for many times, you know, rather than having Alexa talk back, you know, and there are certain situations where you can say, like, you know, turn off the lights and the lights are turned off. Wonderful. It doesn't need to talk back, right? You know, because it doesn't need to talk back, it actually, you know, that's one part of the text that you can cut off and it makes the experience so much better you know rather than having like a very awkward you know you know you know conversation back um or having you know you know not being as natural you know many apps and so on can take off the nog part um because it just you know it it, it, if, if it limits it limits all the parts of the tech experience that could go wrong you know or could make the experience negative or or bad you know because the technology is not there yet. You know, we cannot make a machine talk back to you perfectly like a human. You know, it's not conversational. Yeah. You know, sure there are things out there that can mimic you we can make a machine sound like a person, but it doesn't mean they talk like a person, you know? Like, um they don't they wouldn't be able to do the same phrase and idioms and you know, expressions, you know, the same way your best friend probably would. You know? If it's not like your old chum, you know, we're having like the best conversation with, you know, you will you would realize, oh wow, this is not my old chum. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, Yeah. So, go on. on. So, uh, yeah, I was just going to, you know, close off with those are, you know, really just the challenges on on the tech side. You know, it's, it's, it's a really big stack. Not all those technologies have active research. And then the worst part is, you know, even within like, um, you know, academic research and like machine learning and AI technologies, it's, it's something that does fall into the whole mainstream and popularity issue. Cause there are, cause think about, you know, when you look at machine learning, a lot of the same ideas and methods that they're being applied today with, you know, better hardware and processes and technology, but they're still the same methods that have been applied for the past 50 years, you know, you know, and for example, deep learning is like a huge thing right now. And it's just, but there are other, you know, machine learning has many sub many areas, but, you know, even in academia, some people popularize their method more than others, not because it's necessarily better, you know there could be other methods that people can explore that can better serve their specific use case or application or product, you know? But, you know, it's just been popularized because there's just been more papers, more peer support, peer support, and, you know, it, but, you know, just because popular, it hasn't made it better, you know? So I, thought, I still think there's even gonna have to be a fundamental shift in the AI community to really start creating even newer methods or technologies that are away from the old to really, you know, if, if what we've been using for the past 50 years hasn't solved the problem um, you know maybe we should try something new you know my personal uh, mantra is you know if you do what other people have already done you'll never go farther than they already have you know you, for example you might look at Amazon or Google or you know the other big company or Apple like oh man you know they have all the money in the world you know we can never you know beat them on technology or AI or whatever I'm like no, that's not true because if money was the reason why ai has not been solved yet it would have been solved because they have all the money in the world <laughs>
0: you know yeah
1: Mon- money is not the concern money is not the issue to solving these technology, these hard tech problems the problem is you know novel new approaches and ideas to solve these problems in ways that have not been thought of before you know someone will come up with it some other startup or someone will come up with it and actually you know it, you know it could be a challenge you know money is not the issue of solving these problems you know and, you know, these are important problems to solve to really deliver, you know, on all, all these promises.
0: So you, I'm, I'm assuming that the, the ASR and the NLP and NLU and NLG and all of those other acronyms that, that kind of represent all of these hugely sophisticated <laughs> pieces of, uh, of, of technology. Yeah. I'm assuming that those are almost like the things that make up the brain, um, that you were describing earlier on. Um, I, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and you mentioned that you're not Soundbyte isn't trying to build necessarily the the brain of the assistant. You're essentially trying to just nail one use case. So, are you using all of that technology that we've just mentioned? And because you mentioned that those you know that is in, inherently the challenges that that exists the technology is is a, is a big tech stack, and none of it's necessarily perfect. So. Are you using any of that, or have you kind of avoided that entirely, and and you're looking at something different? How how have you got around those problems and those challenges with with Soundbyte? So fortunately, I can say we have ignored a lot of them <laughs> because um because we're not
1: fulfilling a specific function or you know creating a general intelligence. You know, Soundbyte is still able to create something I would I would say near a perfect VUI because. You're just talking to another person through the app. You're simply saying, I'm simply saying, Kane, hey, how are you doing? You know, boom. And then I hear back from you and then I have a conversation. You know, and it's asynchronous, by the way. So it's not like it's, I'm not opening up a phone call with you. Um, so because the only thing that Sambi needs to nail is the name, it only needs to recognize that a name was said, nothing else. Everything I say to you, Kane, will be always sent perfectly because, you know, it's just a voice recording. You know, it's just being sent to you. Boom, that technology is perfected you know, you're going to get a hundred, like, you know, hundred percent of the time and listen to it perfectly. There's never going to be errors in the audio recording, <laughs> you know, it's not converting into text where there's errors. No, it's always gonna be perfect. And then I'm always going to get a perfect response because I'm getting a response from another human. You know, it's not like I'm talking to a machine I'm expecting a response. From. I'm talking to another human to get a response from, you know, so it's always going to be a near perfect interaction, you know, and because, You know, so we don't have to use NOP, NOU, NOG, none of that stuff right now. You know, yes, we're for the current uh, third party technologies, under current underlying third party technologies we're using. uh, We are, it does imply it does use ASR. Um, We're actually even shifting away from that. Um, Using them, I I won't really want to disclose um, all of it, but um, we're shifting more from ASR to create rather using more DSP and digital signal processing and more focus on acoustic models rather than even a text dependent approach. So we're actually gonna, we figured out a way to how can we make this app work completely independent of text to get the name right, you know, which actually make it at higher accuracy and independent of any language or accent out there. You know, the fact that you can be, you know, I'm I'm, I'm Cuban, or my I was born here in America by my background, my family's Cuban. Uh, I can tell you, you know, Spanish language has a broad, <laughs> especially in Miami, a broad array of accents, you know, it's not a monolith of a language. Um, and SoundBite, you know, for what we are developing, will essentially be able to work for all of South America, America, the world, and have a consistent user experience because being not dependent on the text would make it enable, it would enable it to work, you know, for any, anyone, you know. And I'm a really big guy when it comes to ubiquity and, you know, a consistent experience throughout, you know, getting rid of the whole text layer can, uh, can largely eliminate the language barrier or the language uh, issue when it comes to these technologies. You know, you want to make it so that it doesn't have to be limited by that, you know. So we are getting rid of, you know, ASR or just or so not a text-dependent approach. We're not using NLP because we don't need to understand what you're talking to the other person about. It's private, you know. It's always going to be sent perfectly. Um, we don't need a, we don't need natural language understanding because, well, the other person can understand you pretty well. It's your old chum, you know. And then the Nog is the, what the other person already creates, you know. Uh, so we're we're solving the use. We're going after the use case of communication, keeping the text act very focused to just the name right you know and so we we're convinced that we have the best chances of delivering a superior voice-first voice experience um even though you know we don't have all these technology because we're keeping we're being very focused we're focused on the use case and we're focused on the technology to deliver a superior experience you know it's still under development you know right now it's doing in its beta and it's still kind of funky you know just some bugs and stuff and then the UI UX design we got to flesh out the onboarding process more and stuff but you know the overall concept design is there and the IP we're currently developing you know will be a big bang, a big bang, uh, big game changer in the app experience um you know cuz the less you can the less constraints you can use in the technology which often comes in yeah, having a bigger tech stack you know the bigger problems you have you know The less you can use or figure out how to use, you know, the better, in my opinion, you know. So I think one part of VUI that should include is like, how can we use less technology? (laughs) How can we we make this experience rely on less technology? You know, what's the minimum we can use to deliver a superior experience? Because every, you know, every less technology you use in these, you know, active research areas, the less chance there will be for an error. I see it as every one you add adds also an, an, a potential error layer in the entire process, from interaction to output. You know, it's an extra air, a layer where errors can happen. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So yeah. far, at least. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And this this DSP, the digital signal processing and acoustic modeling you were talking about, yeah, is the aim of that then essentially? It would just analyze the sound of the sound and try and match that to a name that it knows.
1: Um, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, from how, when people use the app, you know, we do want to build an acoustic model of how people sound like to ultimately improve, you know, the name recognition, and the hardware detection. So you're absolutely right on that there. Um, you know, one thing that many other voice apps we see right now lack is, you know, a self-improving model, you know, you know, the more you interact with some, uh, you know, some of these devices doesn't necessarily get better, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, but we want to make it so every time you interact with your friend, you know, mind you, user consenting. I'm a big advocate for user privacy, opt-out ability, et cetera. You know, right now we're just not, right now our app isn't building those models. Um, but obviously when we incorporate them into the app, you know, we'll ask for user permission and if they don't get it. Well, they, they can still use the app without it. Just be not as great of an experience. You know, unlike, uh, you know, say Facebook or these other companies, uh, we're not using your data to uh, deliver you ads or business models on ads. You know, we're using data to deliver you a better experience, you know, uh, and I'm, and of course, you know, big advocate on user privacy that and so on. But um, but yeah, you know, using an acoustic model, using just more on voice, because I really, I, I, I mean, this is going more into the research area. I think there's a way to get rid of ASR completely. Just think about it, our brains, because I'm a big advocate of, you know, I, I, I think it's difficult to create something new. I think what we simply do is recreate is recreate what already exists in different ways. You know, I hate it when people in AI, they say the brain, the brain is like a computer, and I say, no, no, you know, or nay, nay. Um, the computer is a really, really, really stupid brain. You know, it's like you're putting, you're putting, it's like comparing, could you imagine comparing something that's imperfect, saying, oh, this imperfect thing is like what's perfect. No, it doesn't make sense the computer the brain is an immensely more powerful more competent computer
0: <laughs> you know it's been, it's been it's been getting built for uh, a long time
1: <laughs> exactly and one thing we take for granted and i think this is the reason why we have this misconception sometimes is because our body our brain is the greatest user interface on this in existence you know i don't we don't have to think about having to move our arms we don't have to even think about how to think we just do it It is the best user, the best user interface in existence. And sometimes we 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 think that and think we're stupid, you know, that we think, oh, the brain is stupid, but we don't realize how much processing of from all five senses, you know, across time, you know, it's doing. You know, my dog is more intelligent than any you know AI currently built out there right now. You know, the amount of information it processes to deliver, you know, its unique output and responses. Although we might think it's mundane, you know, it's actually Tons more intelligent, you know. Just from from a survival standpoint, from a processing standpoint, you know, and just from like a, a will standpoint, you know, the ability, you know, the biggest challenge of AI or creating AI is, you know, um, I think I believe it's a determinant, You know, it's like um, we are indeterminate beings in the sense that, you know, it's never just yes or no. You know, we don't need to have a goal set prior to us or prerogative or not. Not sorry, not a prerogative. That's the wrong word. Um, we we can deal with unknown we can deal with things that you know that are not binary in that sense Um, i might be i might have used the complete wrong words and i apologize for that and for everyone who's listening um but i hope my idea kind of gets across there um so when it comes to you know ai we to build it we have to replicate the brain we have to look at the brain understand how that works and build it backwards you know if we put the computer above the brain how we ever how will we ever rebuild a brain you know if we're already saying that the computer's above the brain. What what direction are you going in? You're not going in the right direction, you know? You have to know where you're going towards what you're trying to build. And replicating the brain, you know, through technology is the direction. You're not the other way around, as many people see. You're never gonna get there otherwise, you know? And think about it, you know, I was gonna go to my point earlier. Um, With getting rid of ASR, think about it. And this is something, you know, we're we're not going to put any research into this just yet but i really really want to explore this area think about our brain i assuming does not process we don't we don't store audio that we hear like in this conversation we don't convert it to any we don't convert it to text you know and then store it that way and then you know like we don't we don't we don't convert the audio to anything to then process it we're processing it purely as audio right think about it people you know some people unfortunately are born blind and probably deaf as well i mean they're still let's assume they're just born blind you know they're still able to understand you and speak without that secondary you know visual input or the secondary uh, sensory you know the cross-sensory experience to understand uh information you know so you know i'm assuming from just from my observation that the brain does not um Pro, like add an extra layer to processing, you know, audio communication. So why do we, we right now, all the technology has been, all the te- voice technology has been built on, you know, a computer, a mainframe and you know, a hardware, you know, GUI, you know, and that's kind of denominated how we, in, how we think of researching voice. You know, why do we ever think that we have to convert speech to text, right? Why do we think that? Well, because we're used to coding on computers and coding and coding is always code. You know, that's the language of computers, so we have to convert ourselves to computer language. No, 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 no. There is a way, I'm sure there's a way, because our brain surely does it, to skip all that. You know, to skip having to even convert it to text. You know, it's not natural. That adds an extra layer of unnecessary computation. There is a way to skip it, you know, and that will just improve processing, you know, to, you know, tremendous heights, I believe. You know, imagine, we do it, so it can be done. You know and sure you can argue that well in our brain it's stored as something well like yeah the text is not stored as text and and the computers either it's stored as you know you know signals you know or whatever um so but, but the point is that they're not you know you can argue that um in our brain it's converted the audio to the signal but in computers it's converted from speech to the text and then the signal you know and it's just you know Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think, you know, how it's stored in the computer, how the computer processes it is completely unnecessary. It can skip having to understand the text and it can go straight to the Sigma part, you know, it, it can just be purely audio, you know. And again, if we can get rid of that layer entirely, you know, all of voice communicate, all of voice technology, would just be, you know, that would just be huge, you know. Again, I don't have the magic answer to that just yet, but that's an area I definitely want to explore, you know, soundbite and more, being like, we're gonna be big in research, you know, deliver, you know, deliver on, you know, voice first and, you know, we do wanna be the leaders in, uh, you know, the, that area of research and so on. I mean, I, I love these other technology companies, but, you know, th- there's a difference between technology companies that are incorporating voice first into what they already do to improve their existing product offering a service line. And there's a different, or, and there are companies that are building themselves out and first from voice first, you know, that there's offering is the voice experience. That is what they're building themselves out on, you know, and we see ourselves being the latter. And there are a few other ones, the great other companies building the latter, but you know, the former is, is very common. The latter is very rare, you know, and you know, I, I, you know, I'm a big, I'm very bullish on voice and you could probably tell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. That's a, that's, a, that's a good train of thought that and I, I think that's a really interesting really interesting thing to explore as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing how, how you get on with that because it, it does sound as though there's a whole load of um, clunkiness, I suppose, and a whole, as you mentioned, you know, layer upon layer of, of ad- added risk in terms of, uh, you know, processing these signals and turning them to text and then not trying to understand what it is and all that. I, I do really, I, I can totally understand your, your kind of train of thought there and, and that kind of vision. Conscious- it's like, it's all sorry, about, um,
1: sorry, I'm oh, sorry to interrupt you there. <laughs> it's, it's really just all about, you know, perspective. You know, we, we, it's, it's about looking at this problem in a different way or a better way. You know, we, we've, we've, we've been tackling these issues using technologies that were originally tackling other issues, you know? But because we didn't know how to do it any other way, we've retrofitted trying to solve voice in a graphical user interface using these other technologies rather than going direct, trying to replicate from the source, like how does the brain solve it? You know, how can we do that? How can we emulate and capture that or copy that as closely as possible I might be wrong but I'm just not convinced from what I've seen that the brain processes speech and audio the same way we're so used to these technologies you know these technologies are built from or don't have the same the, the solid roots or the same roots as how it should and that is what's going to limit you know in my opinion the potential you know you know uh, you know takeover of it you know same way how these same machine learning ideologies are still being used, Sure, we're having marginal improvements through, you know, computing power and so on. But you know, the issue is, you know, not the computing power, but rather, I believe, the method, the underlying method being used, um, or at least if we change the method to be significantly better. You know, it's like, um, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think uh, I, I think uh, my point um, went across there. It's it's an exciting area. You know, we just have to look at things of how they're already done and not, you know, we have to look at things, how they're done, how they are, not you know, not change that, you know, and then we will go a lot farther. You know, copy, like, the direction for technology should be the brain. And, you know, when I see people, again, put the brain above the computer, I say, hey, you, you lost direction. You're just trying to make the computer, computer better but to what?
0: Yeah, 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 100%. Dan, this has been absolutely immense it's been such an interesting conversation tell the listeners where they can check out soundbite presumably it's in the US at the moment
1: uh, I mean it's on the app store but yeah right now you do need a US number uh, you know we're, we're still trying to figure out the whole GDPR thing in Europe uh, we just haven't you know put any we, we've just been focusing on building the beta so we just uh, haven't put in that yet unfortunately um,
0: so where, where, can, yeah, where right... can people find the app and where can people kind of check oh, you out online and, and stuff like that
1: yeah, so um, our website is sndbite.com www.sndbite.com We do have another domain that we're that we own called Soundbite App, but we haven't uh, we haven't uh, routed it yet to uh, the current domain. Then on the App Store, it's Soundbite, S O U N D B I T E, not B Y B I T E, um, and we have a little green alligator, we're like the third one down. Um, so just look for the green alligator. I'm very I apologize if the onboarding experience isn't obvious. Um, uh, <laughs> we're still fixing a lot of those things and, you know, just going through internal, you know, changes and, you know, fixes, um, you know, to solve these issues. Um, but it's there, the core concept of the experience is there. You can use it, you know, it's best in a quiet environment. You know, we do have a secondary tactile approach in case the voice doesn't work yet. Obviously, you know, it's only there as a supplementary thing for now. For example, if it's too loud, you can press and hold the pick the icon, the picture in the middle to end the bite we don't call them sound bites and this version of sound we call it bites so bite your friends send a bite to your friends you know it's <laughs> a fun playing words there because you know we believe we want to we want to differentiate the audio experience and when people again when it comes to communication you know people don't think of microphones people don't think of you know stereo and you know headphones you know when people think of communication just think of talking you know and so why does when we think of audio why do we have to make it sound so pretentious so technical you know so machine heavy it's like no, just talk you know sound bite. We're trying to stick away from all that iconography as much as possible. It is a design challenge, you know, because that's what people are used to seeing, but I'm really keen on, you know, the brand and the, and the perception of it, you know, what we're trying to build there. Um, um, but yeah, you know, you can check out the app that way. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. where I normally tweet about such things. Uh, I, am the, I am Daniel G. I believe <laughs> we'll put the link. We'll
0: put, we'll put the link in the show notes anyway, so people can hop to the show notes and find a link to the the website. We can link to the uh, app in the App Store. We can link to uh, yourself on Twitter and 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 things like that. So do check it out. It's, it's um, you know it sounds really really interesting. Uh, certainly the stuff you're talking about in terms of the future thinking as well around trying to move away from ASR. stuff. So it's fantastic. So Dan, thank you so much for joining us. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: No, my, it was my pleasure, Ken. Uh, thank you very much for having me on the show, and I hope uh, hope uh, our listeners enjoy this episode.
0: <laughs> that was Daniel Gonzalez of Soundbite. Thank you, Dan, for joining us. That was that was such an interesting podcast. That there's been plenty of podcast episodes that we've done where we delve into so much detail and we have such kind of juicy conversations, but that one is definitely up there with one of the best. I think that his uh, Dan's analysis of where the current state of players with voice social is interesting in terms of companies applying the same social rules if you like, that we've had uh, in the graphical user interface space and just essentially layering voice on top of it some of the complexities and challenges that come with that in terms of having to find Find it find things with hashtags and things like that. So, whether, whether the days of voice social are numbered already before it even starts, who knows? It's interesting to, to think about that. And I think that um, you know, the, the thing that they're doing with Soundbite and just focusing purely on one use case. And then that's kind of the design tip from Dan really is that focus on one use case. Um, the technology as he was saying seemingly isn't quite there and we know that because we know that we need to put a load of effort up front into the the VUI design stage and in the design strategy stage so I think it's interesting how he was saying that VUI design is essentially compensating for the technology not being as sophisticated as it needs to be to be able to handle human, uh, human conversation. Such an interesting take on things. Uh, And then right the way down through the design bits and through to the technology as well in terms of what the real challenges are and how layering things like ASR, NLU, NLP and all of those other NL things um, together on top of each other introduces more risk uh, and how they've kind of overcome that with with soundbite. And then looking into the future in terms of trying to move away from automatic speech recognition and just trying to analyse the audio itself recognize uh when someone's asking it to do something uh really really interesting conversation there is bags and bags of insights and interesting tidbits in there so thank you dan so much for joining us thank you all for listening thank you to botmock for sponsoring this episode and as always we'll see you next week